Well, we've been on this, uh, I said last week, I'm not even going to really call it a series because um, it's longer than a series. Uh, it's more of a season that we're in this spiritual growth. And basically, it's a lot of things that God is speaking to us, talking to us about, and how, how we want to grow in our walk with God. Because I believe, just as you, you know, my, uh, both of my boys had, they were at, they had the prom this week, and, or last night, and uh, they had their uh, tuxes on, and, and they just, they're older. And, and it was like, man, they have grown, like, you just see how they've grown. And sometimes when you're with them all the time, you don't always notice. But sometimes when you step back and look, you're like, wow, they're not little kids anymore. And um, that's the process. And when you look at their lives on the outward, you see growth. But the same way should happen on the inside. That for us, as we look at our lives as believers, as children of God, we should be able to look back at, at a year ago and two years ago and say, you know what? I'm not the same person. I've grown. I, I, I've grown. I've matured. Since that moment, since that time. So as we grow and as we walk this journey with the Lord, uh, part of the growing and the maturity that we walk in uh, has to do with our openness to allow the Lord to help us. So we talked about being honest about where we are and what we need. We talked about prayer. We've talked about knowing who we are in Christ. There's a lot of those things. But this week, and we talked about stress. And I can just tell you, as we walk this growing thing out, I get nervous sometimes when I'm speaking because the week that I spoke on stress was a very stressful week. So it's like, man, I speak on stress, and then I get to use it all week long. It's like the most stressful week ever comes after you talk about it. So I was nervous because this week we're going to talk about forgiveness. So I'm like, who's going to hurt me this week? That's what you start to think about. Uh, but you know what, I started realizing things that, that what's happening is not that all this stuff is happening because I happen to speak about stress, all this stress tried to come. It's like once we talk about it, we start to notice. This would typically get me down. But you know what, I'm growing in this. And I've learned. And I'm learning. I shouldn't say I've learned. I'm learning. So even with forgiveness, here's the thing. All of you have battled at some point struggling to forgive someone. Now, this week, you're going to have more opportunities to forgive people. I'm just preparing you ahead of time. It wouldn't surprise me when you pull out of here and you're driving, somebody pulls out in front of you, and you have to hit your brakes. And guess what? You just know, <gasps> guess what? I now have an opportunity <laughs> to walk out what God has been speaking to me. So, so as we talk about it, don't, don't go... You know, don't, don't have this whole message in your head. Let's just walk through it because there's some things that I believe God is going to help us with when it comes to forgiveness, uh, not only extending forgiveness, but receiving forgiveness and allowing the Lord to help us. Because, again, this could be one of those things that you leave here thinking, I have to do this. No, God is going to equip you to learn to forgive because love forgives and if you connect it with the love of God, you're going to see more how forgiveness naturally begins to open up more and more in your life. And you extend it more graciously uh, than you have in the past. So let's go ahead and uh, jump in. the. I want to read our main text to you. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Very familiar. We've talked, we, we read this a while back when we were doing some things about parables. But let's read it. Uh, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how often 
should I forgive someone who sins against me? And then Peter thinks he's being really good. I would even go up to seven. What do you think about seven? Is that a good number? And he says, no, not seven. Jesus replied, but even 70 times seven. Like in other words, a lot. Just keep forgiving. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors who brought, brought in, he owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so the master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, children, and everything he owned, to pay the debt. But here's what the man did. The man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then his master, filled with pity for him, he released him, and he forgave his debts. In other words, he didn't say, all right, I'll give you a year. He released him of it. I forgive you of it. That means it's not even a debt anymore. Okay? That's what, he, that's what happens here. He releases them of the debt. Um, and what he just was simply asking, could you give me more time? And he went beyond that, and he released it. So when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. Remember it talked about he owed the king millions of dollars, right? Now this guy owes him a few thousand dollars, and he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged him for a little more time. Be patient with me, and I will pay it, he pleaded. Now, does that, that's the exact thing just about that this, the guy who is now wanting his money. It's exactly what he said to the king. Be patient with me, and the king forgave him of his debt. But this guy, his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested, put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of his other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's why... That's what my Father in heaven will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. So when we're talking about forgiveness, we're talking about a forgiveness that's not just words, I forgive you, but a forgiveness down in your heart to really be able to release a debt or a hurt, to be able to forgive. Now there's a couple things when we talk about forgiveness that typically I have been Guilty of whenever I talk about forgiveness to really focus on the fact that we have to be people that forgive people. And that's true. But it has to start with us knowing how God forgave us. Now I want to tell you how God forgave you. And I can do it in one word. Completely. He completely forgave you. And me. And it's amazing that sometimes I struggle forgiving and a lot of times when we struggle to forgive, we realize, how did, how did God forgive me? He completely forgave me. Psalms 103, verse 11, uh, it says, For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. He's removed them. He took care of them. You know, the, 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 the price for your sin, the ransom for your sin, you know what? Jesus took it. He paid it. 
He forgave your debt when, when you were guilty, when you, when you had messed up, when you had sinned, Jesus forgave. And God forgave you completely. Completely. And I know, I, I've, like I said, I grew up in church. I've responded to, to more altar calls than anyone I know. Because I wanted to please God, but I was still trying to live my own life. So I would go up there and say, God, you know, in case I messed up, I know I messed up. I'm so sorry. And then I would go back and I would still, you know. And, and there was all these times where just, but you know what? It, it doesn't matter how many times I failed, how many times I struggled. God was always gracious and forgiving. And the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. Every morning. That's the God that we serve. When you look at forgiveness, you look at the, you know, because sometimes we look at that and we think, yeah, but these pe- some of the things that people have hurt me, they did it on purpose. And, and it was intentional. And, and it really hurt. You don't understand how bad that hurt. You know, and if you go to Luke chapter uh, 23, verse 34, this is when Jesus is on the cross. And we talked about this at Easter. We mentioned this verse. But Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Now, the soldiers, were they just nailed him to the cross. Nails in his hands and his feet. Crown of thorns on his head. Had been whipped. His back's ripped open. He's, he's bleeding. He's bruised. He's injured. He's hurt. He's in a lot of pain. And, he, and because of the love he has, he's still extending forgiveness to the very people that did it. He's, he's, just, he's just extending forgiveness because that's how, that's how Jesus does it. And in Acts chapter 7, verse 59 and 60, this is, I'll never forget the first time I, I read this, it, it made more sense because even though Jesus was fully human, he was still the son of God. And sometimes when we see Jesus forgiving in our minds, we don't think about the fact that he was human. We think about the fact that, well, he's Jesus, so it was easy for him to forgive on the cross. Well, this is when Stephen is being martyred and Stephen is being stoned to death because of his faith. And right before he dies, <clears throat> he says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He falls to his knees shouting this phrase to the, about the people that are killing him and throwing rocks at him and taking his life. He said, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And then with that, he died. Could you imagine the kind of love and forgiveness that flowed out of Stephen and what that, what that demonstrated and how, how that was so uh, similar to the love that Jesus showed? The people that were hurting him and crucifying him and he extends this forgiveness. And then here's Stephen and just human man just like us. And Jesus was too, but people sometimes are like, well, yeah, but he was Jesus. Okay, well, Stephen, he did it. He forgave people that were hurting him. That actually ended his life. But even as they were taking his life, the last thing he said was, Father, don't hold this against them. Don't make them pay for this. Forgive them. That's, that's, that, where does that come from? That doesn't come from us trying to somehow work up forgiveness. You're not going to wake up and thought, oh, forgive, God, forgive. It's not going to work. 
you're not going to be able to muster up that kind of strength to forgive people that hurt you. The only way you're going to be able to do it is when you receive the forgiveness that God has. It's the same with everything else. If you receive it, you can, you can give it. If you receive God's forgiveness, you can extend God's forgiveness. If you want to know how to really love people that are, that are difficult to love sometimes, you receive God's love. God's love can love anybody. That's, you, just, you have to receive it first. If, if you don't have the ability to do that, it's just like if you were going to give someone, if you wanted to bless them with $100 and you didn't have it, you have to receive it. And once you get $100, you can bless somebody else with it. But you have to have it in order to give it. And that's what, that's what Jesus is showing us here. It's what God is showing us. So forgiveness that comes from, from God. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sins and to do what? Cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He, he cleanses us. It's, 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 everything's clean and fresh. That's how God's forgiveness works. But so there's this way of receiving forgiveness, not only from God, but then here's another side that we don't always talk about. And I don't even like to talk about this. All right? But it's the forgiveness that you need when you hurt someone else. It's not always about forgiving those people that hurt you. What about the people that you hurt? And being able to go to someone and say, will you forgive me? You know what stops that? For me, pride. Pride stops that. Because you either, okay, I said you. Let me say me. Pride stops that in me sometimes because I feel like, well, I was justified to get frustrated. Well, I was justified in doing that. Well, it was because you and we all, and, and that's something the Lord is working on, has to work with me on. If, if you hurt someone, whether you feel like, you know, it was deserved or whatever, no, the bottom line is there's times that you need forgiveness and you need to go to someone, whether it's a friend, a spouse, a worker, a boss, and say, hey, will you forgive me? I'm sorry. And if you look at this scripture in uh, Matthew 5, this is what it says. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar, so you're coming before the Lord, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, not that you have, someone, that you have something against someone, but someone has something against you, it means you've hurt someone. They have something that they're frustrated with you about. Then here's what it says. Leave your sacrifice at the altar and go and be reconciled to that person. Go and be reconciled. Then come off your sacrifice to God. You, and, and that's one of those things where you have, to, you have to look and say, okay, part of the way that we receive healing in some of these areas, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing some things out in the scripture. I'll just tell you right now, I'm, I have to grow in this. I have to grow in this. Of being able to humble yourself to a place to recognize, okay, I didn't handle that right. And being able to acknowledge that and admit that. And go to someone and be reconciled and right. James 5, uh, verse 16, it says that if you confess your sins to each other, in other words, you're real about it and you go and you, you confess that, then you pray for each other so you could be what? Healed. 
And sometimes it sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to 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 share to share that with someone, or it can be difficult to to acknowledge your fault in something. Because typically we think about us. Right? I was telling someone earlier, you take a if you go if you if you were to pull up a let's say that we just took a big group picture. Let's say I got my phone out, we took a big group picture, and I sent it to everyone. You know the first person you're going to look for in the picture is you. Right? It is. So you're gonna, there will be 100 people in there, and you're going to be like, oh, look at me. Look what I'm wearing. Look at my smile. I mean, when you're just looking straight. That's the first place. You're not thinking about, look at all these beautiful people. You're thinking, me, what do, what do I see in me? And, and sometimes we have to realize that, you know what? That's the place that God has to help us and that God has to heal in us. And he's got to heal it in me and he's got to heal it in you. And that part of spiritual growth is to allow him, allow him to do that. And it's from there that we can truly begin to extend forgiveness. When we realize, one, God has been so faithful to forgive us every time we mess up. Every time. And then, two, they realize that we, we are going to find ourselves. See, when we have a hard time forgiving someone, what we don't think about is we've been that someone to someone else before. We've been that person that hurt someone else. So when we justify us not forgiving, we don't want to justify it when someone needs to forgive us. We're like, why can't you just forgive me? So, so we have to really let the Lord help us. And he will, and he does. But we have to be able to say, Lord, show us how to forgive. And what does forgiveness look like? Because forgiveness doesn't, it doesn't mean that you just excuse everything everybody does and everything's fine. Oh, that's no big deal yet. No, it, that's not what it means. Forgiveness is, is something that happens in you. It really doesn't have anything to do with how the other, what the other person does after that, how they respond. It has to do with the fact that you're not going to hold on to unforgiveness and offense because it will hurt you. It will just hurt you. You've heard it said, and I don't know who was the first one to quote it, so I'm not quoting anybody, but it's not me. It's somebody else. And... Uh, but they've said it, and I've heard it a thousand times. Not forgiving someone is like drinking poison and think it's going to hurt them. It's like, oh, you're going to pay now. And then all you do, it, it hurts you. You're holding on to something that's destroying you on the inside. And you're thinking that it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect them. It really doesn't. The people that hurt you, they're, they're not affected by you holding on to that stuff. And there's, so the Lord will show you how and, and what that looks like. But look at Matthew 6, 12. This is part of the Lord's Prayer, and it says, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. In other words, God, I know that you're forgiving me in, that sa- in the same way that I'm allowing that to flow out and to forgive others that hurt me. And it's, so it's all part of the thing. We forgive the way God's forgiven us. And we want God to forgive us. And we want to forgive others. So we have to keep looking at that reminder. Look at Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. This is what it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well, and I'll keep it on this verse for a minute, as well as all types of evil behavior. I, have, I, I read this earlier and I thought, you know what? I could see someone going to someone who was just 
did some mean things because they just have a lot of evil and they just anger and rage. And you're like, you know what? Look what the Bible says about acting that way. The Bible says get rid of that stuff. It's evil behavior. Get rid of it. Don't, don't, don't act that way. Look at verse 32. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So then the other person could take the next verse and say, oh, okay, well, then here's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving. That's part of instead of doing those things, which we don't want to do, but even when people fail or struggle in those areas, our responsibility still isn't to be vindictive, isn't to retaliate, our response is to be kind. Now, that doesn't mean you can't set boundaries and standards, and you, have to, you still have to allow the Lord to help you with wisdom so you don't put yourselves in the same situations. I get all that. This isn't a pass for them to do whatever they want. But it's you being able to say, you know what? Even the love that I have and the kindness that I show, there's still a protection and a boundary that will be set in some ways, and the Lord will give you wisdom of that. But I still have to forgive. We still have to forgive. Forgive one another. And then he tells you, this is, you forgive. This is the way you forgive. Just as God through Christ forgave you. So don't just forgive in your way of saying it's fine. No, forgive in the way that God forgave you through Christ. That's, that's, that's how you want to extend forgiveness. Colossians 3 verse 13. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. How many of you have ever been offended? Yeah, if you didn't raise your hand, that might be because you're offended right now. I'm not even telling you, you know. That's fine. But we've all been offended. We all have. We've all been hurt. But let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever hurt or offended someone else? Yeah. For those who didn't raise your hand, you, that's probably because you're, you know that person's probably in here. <laughs> I'm not you know, but bottom line is we have, all of us, we've hurt people and we've been hurt by people. And it'll happen because we're all human and we see it. But at the same time, if we're going to continue to spiritually grow, we have to say, Lord, help me to know what forgiveness is. Because I think some, of, some people just think forgiveness is just, that's fine. I just, you know, we just keep forgiving, keep doing it. It doesn't matter. Just, that's not it either. Sometimes we, we think that, okay, after so many strikes, you are out. I mean, you actually take that verse 70 times 7, 490, that's 491, you're toast. Okay? That's not, that's not it either. That's not it either. But it's a heart to say, was that math right? Yeah, okay. Because some of you are like, got your calculators out. But, but it is one of those that we have, to, we have to say, Lord, what does this look like? What does it look like? And, and each situation may be different in how that forgiveness is extended, but forgiveness does need to be extended from, from your heart. Mark 11, verse 25. But when you are praying, first, forgive anyone that you're holding a grudge against. So your Father in heaven for, forgive your sins too. And when you go to the Lord, forgive. 
forgive people that you're holding a grudge against. Because, again, it's just, it's just hurting you. It really is. The whole purpose of forgiveness isn't to let people get away with anything. It's to set you free. It's so you can experience the life that God has for you. That's the whole purpose of extending forgiveness, to understand, look what God has done for you, and, and extend that to other people. You know, be, I, I tell this story. It's the, it's the greatest example of forgiveness that I've ever seen in my own personal life. You know, we grew up in Tampa, Florida. Some, a lot of you heard this story more than once. But I grew up in Tampa, Florida. We had our house broke into uh, several times. But one particular time, uh, I mean, they cleaned the house, literally. Well, they didn't clean it, but they cleaned it out. We didn't come home like, what a shiny house. No, not like that. They cleaned out our house. We came back, and there is TVs are gone. Microwave is gone. Any electrical thing is gone. Um, anything worth any value is gone. E- I mean, everything. In our rooms, our piggy banks are gone, which we had these little jars of money that we were collecting. We got $5 allowance, 50 cents tithe. 50 cents to missions, $2 in our savings jar, and $2 we could spend. That, so we kept putting these money in the jars. We come in, and everything's gone. And I'll never forget that feeling as a kid. Coming in, well, the first feeling was, why well, my dad thought I did it. Because I was joked around a lot. He's like, Scott, where's the TV? <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea, but we're missing the clock, and we're missing this, we're missing that, we're missing this. We're mi-. And next thing you know, we realize everything's gone. So now, as kids, I'm, you know, we're frustrated. And when we get to our rooms and realize our jars are gone, now it's on. I mean, now the detective stuff in me is like, we're going to find them. We're going to find them. You know, and I was, you know, I looked like a mic stand. I was so skinny that there was nothing I could do if we found them. They just, and I'd fall over. But I remember, I remember the concern, fear, everything that was going through my mind. And we go to bed that night because our beds were still there. And, and I remember we're sitting there and I remember thinking, they could still be in here. So I have all this fear going and. You start thinking all the worst, and then you start thinking about, you know, what are we going to do in the morning? We can't even heat up anything in the microwave, and we don't have, we can't watch TV. What are we going to do? I mean, you just, as kids, you go through all that stuff. So there's this feeling of being violated, you know, and all your stuff's gone. And so my dad calls a family meeting at like 11 o'clock at night. The police had come and done the report and did all this stuff. And so we're sitting in the living room. And here's what my dad says. I'll never forget it. He said, all right, here's what we're going to do. And I'm like, all right, we got a plan. We got a plan. I got my junior deputy badge. I'm ready. Here's what he says. We're going to pray, and we're going to forgive these people. And on the inside, I'm thinking, I'll pray. I'll go. I'll meet you halfway. I'll pray. Forgiveness, especially when he says, here's what it means if we forgive them. If the police find them, we tell them they can have that stuff. We forgive them. And here's what he said. 
this is going to change from them taking from us, and it's going to turn into us blessing them. And I'm like, I don't want to bless them, Dad. I want to receive my stuff back, our stuff back. But as we walked through it, my, I'll never forget my dad, he prayed, and he had all of us pray. And even as kids, you know, I don't mind, I can pray, but I'm praying on something that in the inside, it's difficult for me to pray when someone took my stuff. They broke into our house. They came in, all, I mean, they, they, they violated our space and our stuff. And I'm supposed to be like, take it, you can have it. Listen, if they would have showed up right then, I'd be like, oh, no, you can't. Take them. Haul them off to jail. <laughs> you know. But here's what happens. We, we pray. We forgive. We forgive. That night, we released it. And we all, we got our hearts right. My dad helped us because we were younger. And he's like, we got to forgive. I was like, all right. We pray. We forgive them. All my plans of how we're going to go find it. Or out the window. Now I can't go look for it because it's not my stuff anymore. It's theirs. That's their jar with money in it. Makes a lot of sense. I put the money in it, but now it's their jar. That makes a lot of sense. But you know what happened? This, this amazed me. And I'll never forget it. We wake up the next morning, and a couple calls my dad. No one knew. This, one, this was pre-Facebook. You know, right now you'd be like... Been violated, lost all my stuff. Go fund me, Scott Jenkins, whatever. Okay, we do all that now. This was, so, sorry. If you do a GoFundMe page, go right ahead. I didn't mean that. Either. Let's just stick to the word. So, so I'm just going to hold my Bible. Now I go off on those little rants. So here's what happened. We couldn't tell anyone. So it, there was no computers, nothing. We just couldn't tell anybody. So no one knows except us, just our family. The next morning, this couple calls my dad and said, hey, we just, we were at whatever store and uh, got these TVs on sale. Do y'all need a TV? And my dad's like, actually, we do. They blessed us with a TV. They didn't even know ours was stolen the night before. And for kids, that was important. And the cool thing about what, when God, re, when God takes, restores something in you, it's better than the original. Because that was the first time that I was no longer the remote. <laughs> I mean, that was one where you could actually off and on. I mean, it just had up and down. It didn't have all the fancy stuff. But it was like, it, it had a remote. Not like Scott, turn the channel, you know. It was different. So here's what else happens. All of a sudden, we get a TV. All of a sudden, we get a microwave. All of a sudden, people start doing this. All of a sudden, things start coming in. None of it being asked for, announced, nothing. But stories like that, people started just, hey, Pastor, I just, you're on my heart. Uh, we just wanted to bless your family with something. And then they'd bring over and they'd, you know, whether it was a gift, whether it was money, whatever it was, but it just came back to us. And can I tell you, I believe it was probably even within that first week that everything that was gone had been replaced with something better. Except the jar. We never did. 
Never did find a job, you know. But, but I can tell you, you know what? God blessed us. There was something in me at a young age that thought, I don't think that would have happened had we got angry, retaliated, and not allowed to not turn that uh, that stolen stuff into a a seed almost. Like we decided they can't take nothing that we bless them with. So the whole thing, oh, look what we took. Oh, you didn't take it. We gave it to you. Be blessed. I'm telling you, it just, it's amazing how that, how that worked. And I thought early on, it pays to forgive. It pays to forgive. It always has and it always will. Here's the, here's the, look at Mark chapter 6. Here's the danger of not forgiving. Jesus left a part of the country, returned to his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, a brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. His sisters live right here among us. Look what it says about these people. They were deeply what? Offended. Deeply offended, which led to unbelief. They were deeply offended and didn't believe. Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown, among his relatives and his own family. And it says because of their unbelief and their offense that led to that, because of that offense and that unbelief in their life, he couldn't do any miracles among them except place hands on a few sick people and see them healed. Can I tell you something? Your unforgiveness, the offense that you hold on to, it doesn't limit God because you can't limit God. But it'll limit what, what, what you're able to see him do in your life. It'll limit the things in your life if you don't allow him to heal those places of offense. Heal those places of unforgiveness that you're just holding on to this and it's hurting you. And it's destroying you. And you don't want to let that sit. Because even Jesus, it was, he couldn't perform a whole lot. He could do a few things, but he couldn't do a whole lot because of offense and unbelief. So how do we then, if we don't want to keep, if we don't want to stay offended, and can I tell you where a lot of offense comes from? All right? I'm going to be honest with you, and I can because I'm a pastor. I can tell you this. Church. Do you know how many people are offended at previous church leaders? Do you know how many people got upset at a pastor, upset at a leader, or how many pastors got upset at someone in their church and it led to offense and it led to all this stuff and it just got ugly and it just went bad. And even if you've been hurt by the church, the greatest thing you can do is, is forgive. Doesn't mean you need to go back to that place. Doesn't mean you need to do anything. It just means you need to release that and stop holding on to that. You got to let the Lord heal those places of pain and hurt in you that you're holding on to because of something that happened a long time ago. And God, God is, he can restore that. He can restore you. He can heal you. He can set you free from that stuff that happened in your life. But part of your freedom is going to come when you can say, Lord, help me to forgive. Because it really hurt me. It really damaged me. 
it really affected my life. What happened? And I don't want I don't want to keep that here. I want to release it. And he'll help you. He'll help you. Here's the strength to forgive. Psalms 139, 23, and 24. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And it says this. See if there's any wicked way in me. And then it says this. Lead me in the way everlasting. You know how you're going to begin to really extend forgiveness? Let the Lord lead you. Don't just walk out of here with some plan of, okay, God's got to go forgive everybody. Forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. Okay, I'm done with that. No, let the Lord lead you along that process of what that looks like for you. Let the Lord lead you because he will. Uh, John 14, verse 16, I will ask the Father. He will give you another advocate. Some translations say this, helper, referring to the Holy Spirit. He is your helper who will never leave you. Verse 17, he is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The very truth that God wants you to walk in, the very things that are right, the Holy Spirit will help you, and he'll lead you there. He'll lead you there. Look at verse uh, 26 in the same passage. When the Father sends the advocate, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything, and he'll remind you of everything. That I've told you. So Jesus is saying, everything that I'm telling you, even when it comes to loving people, forgiving people, you have the helper with you. You have the Holy Spirit with you. And can I just tell you, we have to be reminded of that. I'm, I've been reminded of that. I have to be reminded of that. You have to be reminded that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us who is our helper. Who could say, listen, I can help you with that. I can help you. I can, I, can, I can lead you into the truth. I'll remind you of what Jesus told you. I'll remind you what the word of God tells you. Because that's why I'm here. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to come down and point out every time you mess up. Oh, the Holy Spirit's just getting me, getting me. That's not. He's there to help you. He's there to encourage you. He's there, he's there to lead you into truth. And we all need to be led there. We all, we all have those places we need the Lord to help us. And then Galatians 5, 16. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Okay, we, ha- we know we have the Holy Spirit. We know that he's our helper. So let's let the Holy Spirit guide you. And then what happens? Then you won't do what your sinful nature craves. You know what your sinful nature wants to do? Revenge. That's what your sinful nature wants. Somebody hurts you, you hurt them. Somebody frustrates you, frustrate them. I, I'm, I'm just telling you, I, I see it, I hear it, I understand, I even struggle with it. I have, a, I, have, I have that flesh of me that I need to make sure I walk in the Spirit, by the Spirit, so that side doesn't surface. Because there is that side sometimes where you get frustrated. And you're just like, oh. Matter of fact... Let me just have, I'll have a small little confession here for you. This was just a few weeks ago. We were at a volleyball game. My daughter plays volleyball. And and we're playing this other team. I say we, they're playing this other team. I'm just sitting up in the bleachers. And the parents of the, in in the volleyball, at least on a lot of the, a lot of the places, um, you're all on the same side. Um, some of them have, you know, home team on one side, visitors on the other. But a lot of them, you're just 
Everybody's on the same side of the, of the court. So you're sitting next to people that might be cheering for your team or the other team. So you kind of mixed in. Well, anyway, there was a group of people over here that were on the other team, and, and they're just yelling. And every time, you know, if the ref even missed something or did whatever, they're just, you know. And so it's getting kind of, like, frustrating. Um, have you ever just been sitting next to people and they just, after a while, you're like, Lord, can you just, do you have a mute button up there? You could just, you just kind of stop them. Like it's getting a little bit annoying. But I'm just sitting there, I'm just watching. And then this little seventh grade girl on our team goes to hit, and when she throws the ball up to hit, this parent yells, Wait! Wait! To try to stop her, just trying to mess her up. I mean, it's one thing when you're doing that with, you know, but seventh grade girl, and you're trying to scare her so she messes up her serve. And they're already nervous. And, well, this girl hit it, and it was an ace. I mean, she scored a point right away. And something, something in me, do you, let me just ask you this. Do you love your pastor? Love me after this. I did, I did make it right. But something in me yelled, point. As soon as the official said point, I was like, the yell came from over here like, ah, wait. And I was like, point. Then I looked back like, should not have done that. Should not have done that. And what, what's, what's not helpful is a lot of people, when I did that, they were like, good for you. And I'm like, no, it wasn't good for me. Was not good for me. That was not. There are some teams, then it wasn't this team, but there are other teams that people have thrive. Their daughter plays on, but it wasn't that team. You know, so I'm glad. Uh, but, but I realized, like, you know what? That just rose up. You know what that tells me? Is there's places in me that we got to be careful that we react. And instead of reacting, we need to, we need to let the Holy Spirit help us. Holy Spirit, I want you to guide my life. That's what we talked about surrendering today. Because it's going to be natural and normal. That's why all these people around me were like, I'm glad somebody finally said something. And I'm like, I just said point. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to justify it in my mind. I mean, I was just like, I was just happy we had a point. Then why did you turn your head and, you know, why did you just like, hey, point. We got a point. Good job. But it wasn't like that. I was like, point. And, I, and that's, so I, I made that right. I told people, I was like, look, I, I should not have, shouldn't have done that. I was, just frustrated me that this little girl was, you know, but even then, we, again, that's, well, yeah, but you, did you see what he did? And you know what? That's not the right way to do it. It doesn't matter what he did. The bottom line is, don't let what someone does make you do something that you shouldn't do. Forgive. Let the Holy Spirit control your life. And when you do, you won't do what your sinful nature, that flesh, wants to do. So now that we're more aware, if that situation was to happen again, that's what I would hope would kind of come out of me. But sometimes we have to recognize that when we see that, instead of justifying it, just realize, okay, there's no condemnation. 
no condemnation for you, but it is a point to say, you know what, it's something that I need to realize that when I'm not being uh, focused on letting this Holy Spirit guide my life, how quickly I can react. And that was that was an area, and it's like I said, it's that's got to work on it. And the way we're going to work on it isn't by just trying to come up with some formula. It's going to be like, Lord, I need, I need to continue to be surrendered to you. I need your Holy Spirit, my helper, to help me. Help me to allow you to lead me. Help me to release those things when people hurt me or offend me or come at me that I can, I can release it and I can extend forgiveness without responding in a way that's hurtful but responding in a way that's loving because that's how Jesus did for us that's exactly the way Jesus did it for us it's his love that forgave us 